Welcome to the Connect to Marriage podcast by Focus in the Family Singapore. While there are no perfect marriages, there is always room for us to grow to be the best spouse we can be. Hello and welcome to the Connect to Marriage podcast. I'm Gary, your host for this episode. In each episode of the Connect to podcast, we'll be tackling questions that couples ask about sex and intimacy, communication and conflict, and so much more. We hope you will keep tuning in to learn with us as you grow closer, deeper and stronger in your marriage. Today on our Intimacy Matters series, we talk about sex-siding love. That's right, sex-siding, not exciting, not just exciting. How lovemaking can be the most exciting thing in our marriage. And I have today a special guest who's none other than the most beautiful woman in the world, my wife, Joanna. (laughs) Let me formally introduce her. Joanna is the CEO of Focus on the Family Singapore, who is amongst other things a family coach, work-life consultant, marriage trainer, wedding solemnizer. Most importantly, she's the woman with whom I'm well pleased. This is going to be a candid discussion for husbands and wives, so you might want to direct the attention of our younger audience elsewhere. Research shows that married couples rate higher on sexual satisfaction than non-married couples. And this is not because they are jaded or resigned to having less and less desirable sexual experiences. In fact, one article reveals that the best sex arrives after 15 years of being together. In other words, the best sex is that with one spouse in a committed, exclusive, long-term relationship. You know, this seems quite unreal, or almost absurd in today's world of endless options. What does exciting sex or sexciting love look like? I think, Gary, maybe we should have interviewed you instead. <laughs> like This is like, whoa, the topic for the man. But I want to refer to what Gottman has described as the passion triangle. And he has three components to what makes sex exciting in marriage. The first one is a thrill. If we're talking about sex-citing love or exciting love, there needs to be that thrill factor. Secondly, there needs to be that sense of intimacy. And by intimacy here, we mean a deep sense of knowing our spouse and being known by our spouse that actually takes time to develop. It seems the opposite of thrill, right? But we do need both thrill and intimacy and it doesn't stop there. It's a passion triangle after all. So the third element is actually sensuality. And this describes the experience of the romantic, erotic sexual connection between husband and wife. That a lot of times is a, a, a very physical thing, you know, from hand-holding, kissing, cuddling, fondling to, of course, wild sexual delight. This whole passion triangle that comprises thrill, intimacy, as well as sensuality, if we have all three, that will definitely make a very exciting sex life. Sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> Let's just be pragmatic here, right? In Singapore, we are all so busy. How does this actually work out? Because we are having such a daily hectic lifestyle right, in Singapore. First and foremost, and this one probably speaking to Singaporeans who tend to be very task-driven, I think first and foremost, we just need to cut ourselves some slack <laughs> to tell ourselves that we have time to work on it because sex takes time. Sex is as good as it gets in marriage. In fact, the best sex is in marriage. So don't go looking elsewhere. Commit on improving your sex life in marriage. And when you do that, pragmatically, the first thing you need to learn to do, since we are you know, efficient, task-driven Singaporeans, we need to plan to have good sex. There's a time for everything, right? In fact, I put it in my calendar because that's what runs my life. And when I schedule uh, sex in my calendar, obviously I don't put their sex with husband or lovemaking time, you know, 
be wise. Use Especially the when uh, your administrator and your other staff can see what in the world your calendar is going on. <laughs> you don't need to let everyone know what's going on. Yes, okay. Uh, so use some code word or, or whatever, just time with spouse, right? Um, but to you, you just need to know that it's intentional time set apart for sex, for sexual intimacy. Even though it's scheduled, it doesn't mean that sex doesn't need to be spontaneous. It just means that you have committed to create some space in your otherwise busy life to spend time to just focus your attention on your spouse, even your bodily attention. If you think about the phases of lovemaking, right, there's always the pre, the actual act itself, and the post. And again, all this needs time. And foreplay, uh, if I can just add a little uh, bit of a note for husbands, okay, foreplay includes connecting emotionally with our wife. The teasing, the touching, the fondling, the cuddling uh, will automatically lead to arousal. So husbands tuning in, please, please, please remember that it's about touching the heart. <laughs> and of course, if you're talking about, you know, even the pre, preparing the ambience, the atmosphere is also important. Yeah, uh, setting expectations, anticipation uh, of what is going to come. But even in the post of the act, we talk about afterglow. And, you know, in these phases of lovemaking, we need to plan it because we don't want to rush through the phases and, you know, rock our spouse of that pleasure. I think if in, at the top of our minds, we make it our mission, our priority to pleasure our spouse, we'll be in fact interested to know what is it that turns our spouse on or off, what makes their heart raise, what makes him or her heart flutter. So in an earlier episode, we did talk also about how men and women are wired for sex differently. And in fact, neuroscience reveals that men have two and a half times more capacity to think about sex. Whereas another medical research shows that women's skin is actually 10 times more sensitive. So if you think about this, it's no wonder that we tend to assume that men are thinking about sex more often than women. And no wonder that for the woman, it becomes very important how she's touched. I think that's where sometimes the frustration comes in because we assume that we should know or we assume a spouse should know, but um, actually they don't. Mm -hmm. You know, they think that because I'm wired this way, I like to be touched this way, so my spouse should automatically be the same as me, as opposed to realizing that she or he is different and we need to really communicate. So we talk about communicating, communicating and yeah. being real about what you really desire rather than just expecting and then getting frustrated when that doesn't happen. Mm, definitely. One of the things that I've learned when I made it my mission to pleasure my husband is that I need to make the effort to make sure that I reserve some energy for sexual intimacy, uh, not just plan it into my schedule, to make sure that I come into that time of reserved space with my heart and mind prepared. I remember one of the things that we tried out, Gary, was simply romantic secrets. It taught me, at least as a wife, how I can use our five senses to uh, cater to my spouse's uh, sexual desires and to help with sexual arousal. On this, if I can help the husbands out here, uh, wives, it is important <laughs> how you look when you're going to have that time of intimacy if you want it to be a really good enjoyable time. Maybe we're not wearing that company t-shirt from like 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember one and of the... And then complaining, how come yes. already faster lah, you know, all these things uh, matter in creating the atmosphere. Yeah, and sometimes sexy lingerie does help. 
And I know some very pragmatic wives would think, why waste money if he's going to take it off, you know, in a few seconds? But you know, it's just uh, that whole idea of making effort, right? Mm. And going really the extra mile in pleasuring our spouse. Smell, make sure you smell nice, have a nice shower, especially if you just spend a whole day wiping up your kid's mess, uh, cleaning up the house, right? It's nice to freshen up. Uh, we'll feel better as well ourselves. It's a tip that I picked up was to make sex fun. You can laugh about it and it's something that's different. And if you change it up once in a while to keep it fresh, instead of getting obsessed over you know, sex positions, other types of uh, things can make sex with our spouse fresh and exciting. I think that's the key that it's about being adaptable, trying different things. At least the effort is there rather than just expecting the same old thing, the same old routine to take place all the time. There's a question we have today. Shouldn't the wife sometimes initiate sex? And why isn't she able to climax just from normal intercourse? Wow, I think that's a question that my husband asked me. A lifetime of love and romance requires intentional effort and attention. Yet, in times of busyness and with overwhelming priorities to tend to, our marriages can often take a back seat. No matter the state of your relationship today, we want to help you and your spouse thrive. Check out Connect2, featuring specially curated experiences and resources, our favourite selection of articles, top hits on our podcast, date ideas, conversation starters and more to address the issues that are keeping you and your spouse apart and help you rekindle the joy of pursuing one another. Visit www.family.org.sg slash connect2 today. Yeah, I think many husbands think the same thing. How come I have to be the one that always has to initiate sex rather than she's the one? Uh, although when I talked to ex-university friends, this whole topic, um, she said, I think I don't have a problem with this. My husband is the one that doesn't initiate. And then we laughed about it, but then she said, but I'm Hungarian, so <laughs> maybe hungry, people hungry <laughs> function a little differently. But the reality is, it seems like it's something that men seem to have to be the one that initiate a mm. lot more. I guess probably it's due in large part to our Asian culture and it's kind of assumed that the men should always initiate and take the lead even starting from the time when we asked you know, the girl Down with this date. culture! <laughs> <laughs> there is really no the rule book as to who should initiate sex and we did talk about how culture, the media actually may sometimes play into it Of course these days the media might actually suggest that the sexiest women are those who take control in bed At the end of the day, I think you know, this is where again we need to articulate our sexual needs to our spouse and that requires a really high level of trust in the relationship. For some couples, maybe a little bit more adventurous. Um, but remember this, there's always a first time for everything. And that first time is typically awkward. Uh, but, you know, even in the first time, it does demonstrate the effort that we put in, our willingness to do something for the person we love. And coming back to, I think, your second question about uh, why the wife isn't able to climax just from normal intercourse. Well, medically, most women, uh, estimated maybe two-thirds of women, uh, can't reach orgasm through intercourse alone and they actually do need direct clitoral stimulation. At the end of the day, I think bottom line is this. The quality of our sex life is largely determined by the attitude and approach we take towards it. And that approach should be 
what we are willing to do to satisfy our spouse. So for husbands, it could be offloading household chores from your wife, being attentive when she's venting so that you can reach emotional connection quickly. But for wives, it could be maybe taking the trouble to dress up seductively for his eyes only, uh, making room for your husband by sending the kids off to grandma so that you're not distracted. And not nagging. <laughs> not nagging because that is a turnoff for the husband. Okay, but. And one thing I've learned, Gary, is that the whole relationship, everything is lovemaking. And a woman who feels really treasured by her husband would be more than willing to meet him between the sheets. And the husband who is sexually fulfilled will be more than willing to take a bullet for his wife. And that's real love and sex-citing love. Thank you, Joanna. The best sex is really within marriage. So focus on your spouse as a sexual partner. When we take the focus away from ourselves, it seems like it becomes easier to meet our spouse's sexual needs mm, and keep the sex sexy. Well, thank you once again, beautiful woman. <laughs> For <laughs> listeners, if you are tuning in with your spouse, remember to take some five minutes at the end of this episode to share with your spouse one thing you do or would like to do to pleasure him or her. Remember to be open to listen to the feedback. For more marriage resources, you can visit our website, family.org.sg slash blog. Also, don't hesitate to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for helpful family resources. If you have a question on marriage, you can message us on social media. Thank you for tuning in. Do follow us and subscribe to our Connect2 podcast. Until next time, have a great week with your loved ones.